0: happened to me before.
1: That's all right. We are we are live and we are only about 10 seconds later than anticipated, <laughs> but um that is okay man. I was I was I was getting a little bit okay because you texted me like I'll be there in four minutes. I'm like okay four minutes, five minutes, six minutes. It's all good, my man. It's all good. How are you?
0: I'm good. I'll, I'll i I just started to tell you um I was ready to to hop on 10 minutes early. And then um, the show that we were watching went just like a few minutes late. Um, I was watching uh, a show with, with uh, my wife and my son uh, right before he goes to bed. And um, then I was like, okay, I've I only got a couple minutes. I just, I need to go, I need to go get on this right now. And I was like, bye guys, I'm, I'm leaving. And so I came and I sat down with my computer, turned it on and right as I turned it on, the um, there was no internet. And I was like, what in the world? And so, you know, when you like cl- click the, you know click the wi-fi um thing you can see all the different signals it's right there but for some reason the password wasn't there and i i mean i look i get onto my computer every day the password always just automatically does that so I like frantically ran over to where the router was grabbed the password came back it was only 10 seconds late and i got a 20 second story out of it so right. how are how are you doing
1: <laughs> makes for some great content to open up the episode i'm doing good man i mean um just had a just had a great episode with uh, DJ Ski Scott Keeney. Uh, the guy was the guy was a great guest i i got to say i totally enjoyed the episode um i guess you you didn't catch any of it i assume i watched
0: i listened to about half an hour of it um so yeah between that and the the other show that we were watching i i, I caught quite a bit i caught like for example some of your conversation about target and you know what you can do what uh, some of his, his thoughts around what the hobby needs to do to support kids and um list some of his his stuff on um you know the venture venture capital background and some of the people that that they're working with and then some of the investments the gentleman stuff and so yeah it was all super interesting and um as usual man you keep getting these guests that are like crazy quality I you got to be feeling pretty good about yourself right now there's basically nobody who will say no to sports cards live at this point which is pretty cool
1: <laughs> I mean it's it's I gotta tell you like yeah I'm proud of the guests that I bring on the show for for sure I, I, that goes though saying I'm, I'll say it I'm, I'm very proud of the guests that I get but with with DJ ski the cool thing was that I didn't go reach out to him usually I'm reaching out to people or I see them in the chat or something works out that it just makes sense but with him he reached out to me unsolicited he just in my instagram one day i wake up i look i look at my i look at you know you know how it works on instagram i look at my private messages on instagram and uh i'll show it i'll show it why not so i wake this was back on april 21st i wake april th- 11 a.m i get a message it says keep up the great work love what you are doing and my response was, "Man, that's high praise coming from you. Appreciate you reaching out. If you'd like to be a guest on a future episode, please let me know. It would be an honor to have you." His response, "Deaf? it's hard to see. Deaf man, let's do it. Okay, game on. So awesome. Well, I mean, you, you like I said, you can kind
0: of, you can kind of think through the people at this point who are important people in the hobby and." Um, I shouldn't say, I shouldn't say important because everybody, everybody in the hobby has their place, right? You don't have to be like a venture capitalist uh, in, involved in cardboard or a manufacturer of cards or, you know, the, 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 leader of a, you know, the leader of a, um, a consignment shop or something like that to be, to be important in the hobby. But it does seem like at this point, you've, you basically interviewed all of the, all of the people who are, who are most known and, or, or card famous as you, as you sometimes say. Um, so it's a credit to like, like I heard what, you know, I heard a few of the accolades that he was dropping on you at the end of the show. It's, I hope you feel that man. I hope you I hope, I mean, I hope you feel both like, like humbled, knowing that you've got a long way to go maybe to reach all the goals that you've set for yourself, but also at the same time, like you've done some awesome things and you've created something here that's Really special and I'm really grateful I get to be part of it.
1: Oh thanks, man. Yeah. Uh yeah. I'm just I'm just along for the ride like like everybody else who's watching, really. I mean I didn't I didn't plan any of this. It's just it's just been completely organic from the beginning. So uh and I'm glad to have guys like you that are willing to come on. I mean you're you're a you're a you're a very popular uh you know partner to come on with me. So I, uh, I, I appreciate you and everyone else who's want to come on. I just, you know, I just talked to Dr. Beckett again, he's going to come on the the last, I guess it's the 24th of July, right before the national. So, I mean, you know, that it's just, it's great to have people that are active in the hobby, people that are ambassadors of the hobby, people that care about the hobby, new old and by new old, I mean, newer into it, you know, the veterans, it's just great to have people that want to come on and um and take part be along for the ride with me so i'm very thankful for that for sure when did when did you say uh dr beckett will be on july 24th it's the You're- saturday before the national are you that far out you planned that far ahead uh pretty much man pretty i mean with him i think very i strong. i think i offered him um i offered what did i offer him no, I have, I have every other Saturday in July available. Still, so, so like, not available, but unscheduled. I have put a few, I have put a few invitations out there. So a couple of those could the third 10th and 17th, but I'm, yeah, I'm booked right through the end of uh, June and then July 24th. So those three in July, there's a few, a few that have been put out there to some people that I'm just waiting for them to kind of pick one and get back. It's, it's far out, right? I've even offered somebody into August. So it's just hard to plan out that far, but eventually, well, well
0: I I think that's again that's another credit to you. But I will tell you, my opinion is Doctor Beckett's the best, the best person in this because he's the guy who's seen it all. Right? He's seen the heyday, um, and he's seen the heyday as an adult. Right? Like most of us remember the early '90s, but we remember it, you know, when we were really young. Um, but he, you know his his perspective is fantastic and he doesn't he just he just doesn't pull, and pull any punches he says says it how it is so i'll i'll be looking forward to that one for sure are you going to the Dallas
1: show next week
0: you know i'm the worst at going to shows i've been thinking about this like i i see i see the Wisconsin Dells uh, posts and i'm just like man i wish i was there and i you know every time there's a big show I'm like man i wish i was there man i wish i was there I can't pull away the way that some people can, you know, we've talked about, it. I've got three kids. I had, I had three kids. And now I have four kids. <laughs> I've got, I almost just said I have three kids. I was going to yeah. say I have three kids and a baby. Um, but to leave, to leave home for any, for even a day is just hard for me to do. And so I try to go to one show a year, one big show a year. And, and then besides that, like, Nights and in times where the kids are kids are awake, and I've got to make sure I'm spending time with my wife too. Like that's the priority. Um, but everything that's not devoted to work and family is devoted to cards. So those are kind of the, those are kind of the priorities with uh, with some faith things in there too. So yeah, that's that's my life basically.
1: Me too, man. Work, family, and the hobby. Whether it's the the, the card aspect or the content aspect or mixing the two somehow. That's that's my life, too, for sure. OK, let's uh, let's we have a few comments coming in. We got some viewers with us. So welcome, everybody, to After Hours, May the 15th. We've got Adam Gray, editor in chief basketball cards fanatic. I'm going to start with uh, with this uh, this comment here from Yamwax. Just got his second physical physical issue of basketball card, card fanatic in the mail today. Love it so much. You know, I don't have any of mine yet because they are in they're, they're kind of en route. They're with my brother uh in Arizona. So I'll get them eventually once I bring up the suffering. We got Jordan Riker. Jordan Riker says, uh, two hobby goats. Thank you for that compliment, Jordan Riker, Luttrell Spreewell. What's good, Jeremy and Adam? Big fans of both of you. Thank you, Latrell, fan of yours, and Thomas Newman hits us with a super sticker tip. Thank you, Thomas Newman. Much appreciated big unit says, uh, Jeremy is the Walter Cronkite of the hobby. I'll take it. I'll take it for sure. Thank you, big unit. Jordan says, hope to meet you both at the National in July. Yeah, I told my wife uh, earlier today or yes yesterday, I guess, I said to her, the National's happening. I'm going. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it all works out, but I'm pretty certain I will be there. Junk Wax Investor, amazing guest for sure. I've been binging your older episodes and this is the first time I've been able to indulge live. Well, awesome to have you live, Junk Wax Investor. That's really cool. I love hearing that when people come live or they listen to the podcast or they listen to the show on podcast format and then they come and watch one live. It's just, I think it's just, I'd rather have you live than on podcast, but I understand not everybody can do it on a Saturday night, right? So I get it. And, and when you're watching live, unless you're behind and catching up, you can't go in, in faster speed. And I know when I watch and consume a lot of hobby content, I like to do it in uh, in, in fast speed because it just saves some time. And I like to watch and consume so much of it. Rodman Martinez in the house. I have a picture of me, you and Rodman together at the (laughs) national last uh, in 2019. One of my favorite pictures. What does he say? Saturday with sports cards live Jeremy Adam the national is getting closer. I hope we can spend some time together like we did at the last one. No doubt. Rodman, we will. My brother, we will. Colin Murray says the expo is four days this year. Yeah. So that's pretty cool, guys. The, The sport card expo, you know, we have the virtual coming up on June 19th and 20th. I talk about it all the time. I'm going to throw it up in the banner right now for everybody. It's something I'm passionate about. I've been a, I've been a, a, a participant of the sport card expo. And now <laughs> is doing the virtual, this will be the third one. It's not a real expo. It's not, well, I won't say it. It's not an in-person expo, it's virtual. So it's going to be different, but give it a chance. Come check it out if you haven't yet, or at least come hang out with me for a while. I invite you all to do that. But. Steve has announced that the actual expo in November in Toronto is going to be four days. It's always been three days. It's now Thursday to Sunday. Talked to him on the phone the other day. I said, that's the best news I've heard in a long time. Four days. I love it. So congrats to him for for, uh, expanding that to four days. Kyle Brown says, basketball card fanatic is fantastic. Now, what do we have to do to get Joe Ingalls some premium high-end cards? (laughs) We got card porn in the house. One of the biggest most popular, sometimes controversial uh, Instagram account. Great to have you card porn. The two big boys are on tonight. Well, thank you card porn. Great to have you. If you're, if card if you're ever willing to uh, expose yourself, I invite you onto the show open invitation to card porn. And my buddy Daniel says, good evening, everyone. Jeremy is a rock star and such a great ambassador for the hockey card market. I'm very grateful for him. Keep up. Thank you guys. You're making me blush here seriously, but thank you, Daniel. I, I do appreciate it, man. That's the end of the comments for now, Adam. So I got a couple kind of topics to talk about. I'm going to list them off quickly. Um, The Hall of Fame induction ceremony today, I watched it um, and I enjoyed it. So we can talk a bit about that. We can also talk about the National because it's a go. It seems like it's a go, which is just great news. We've got um, your magazine. Let's talk about what's going on with Basketball Card Fanatic. Let's give you a a little bit of mic time on that. And, uh, and then the PWCC Premier Auction, is it's live and it's up and running right now and the, it ends on Thursday and I'm going to be doing a, well, we now, you've agreed to come on I, and I, I said it earlier on, on the first show tonight that you're going to be my added bench strength because you bring a perspective, I don't, you, you, you can speak to basketball the way I, I cannot or the way I can try but maybe not succeed. So we're going to do it together. We're going to sit here and we're going to watch these auctions for a couple hours on Thursday night. It's going to start at nine o'clock Eastern. That's when the auctions start to end and they go into extended bidding. So we're going to capture that extended bidding period. So why don't we kick off with that topic, Adam? I mean, I'm looking forward to it. I've gone through the PWCC premier auction, 139 lots. Most of them are single cards, but not all of them. And uh, I have it open. We can bring it up and kind of scroll through it too. But what are you? Uh, is there anything, any kind of storylines out of this premier auction that you're excited about? Anything that uh, any single lots that you're excited about? You want to see new comp set? What have you? Uh, what have you dug into so far?
0: I'm a, I'm a pretty big Kobe collector, and there's a lot of really key Kobe cards. Um, there's some that I'm interested in, but. Um, as, as is often the case now stuff is so expensive that it, it's hard to, hard to uh, estimate that I'll be able to actually um, get any of those cards um, but I, I have my eye on a few of them I think the big storyline that will come out of this auction is um, you know how well do these do these cards do on a non eBay platform because for those those of you who are um, are unfamiliar with the premier auction, it is it is PWCC who you're used to thinking of as being like the leader in eBay um, card sales right like I think they sell more on eBay than any other consignment shop for cards maybe for of, of anything include uh, you know outside of cardboard too I think they might be the biggest seller on eBay of anything um, but this is their first time going out on their own platform and so they're both now a consignment shop and an auction house and so it, the, the question is, how well does this new platform do we've seen other platforms you know have some struggles as they've come down down the stretch and and so it's going to be really interesting to see how well they do you know technologically does does it succeed does it Does it do what it's supposed to do? Do people feel good about how, what, you know, what, what the prices end up at? Um, I I need to probably point out here, as I've done on your show previously, that PWCC is a a sponsor of Basketball Card Fanatic. They're one of our major sponsors. And so um, I, I would like to see them succeed. Um, I'm not, you know, totally unbiased, but I've also let them know, look, I'm, I'm going to say exactly what I think about you guys, but I think it looks great. The interface is awesome. I love that. Unlike some of the auction houses before you place a bid, you can see what the buyer's premium will be. Um, I think it's pretty slick. I like that. I can use my funds that are in my vault funds, my PWCC vault funds to buy those, those cards. And so, you know, I sold a couple of big cards a little while ago and in anticipation of, of having, um, a good, uh, something big show up on pwcc so i'm kind of loaded and ready to to bid on some big items um and yeah i'm just interested to see have you have you jeremy have you gone to to, to actually like place a bid yet have you looked through and like sort of checked out like how you feel about like the interface and stuff
1: do you feel how do you feel about it yeah, I did that. I did that earlier today. I actually went on and I I didn't bid on it any, on anything, but I did go through the process and stop just short of placing a bid. And I mean, from my from my perspective, it is it is slick. It's slicker than than what I've seen so far from any of the other auction houses in terms of platforms. I mean, everything else is pretty clunky out there. They're all using what seems to be that same platform which seems to be from, you know, the early 2000s, mid 2000s. So I think, I mean, PWCC, they, they they don't really mess around. And you can see that from their their item descriptions on eBay. They've always had, the, in my opinion, the best looking item descriptions on eBay where you could even link to those high resolution photos on their website. Right. So they were they're consistent with that. I just I saw it today for the first time. I thought, OK, this looks really good. And, you know, I liked that It's only 139 lots. It's so ma- it's so manageable. It, it's just so easy to see It's It's organized. And I looked, I looked at when I first got there, I thought, OK, the, the order of the lots is it's a little funny. Like, what, what's this order? What does it mean? And then I realized it's fe- it's by featured items. So I don't know how many are featured. I mean, there's only 139. So I don't know how many are featured and how many are not and what happens at the end of the feature item. But for me, the easiest way to consume this is to do it by oldest first. That makes the most sense for me. So I, I'm, I'm doing it on my other monitor. I can see by oldest first. And OK, so we've got some T2O sixes and we go all the way through. We got some Jackie Robinson's, the Babe Ruth Gowdy and so on and so forth. And here, I'll bring it up. Why don't I bring it up? Since we're talking about it. Let me uh, let me do a screen share. So if anyone hasn't seen it yet, Now you got to keep in mind though, that this they're looking at $50,000 and up in terms of values per lot. So here we go. This is, this is what it, hold on one second, one second. I just want to, okay, here we go. So here we go. So you can see that here it is and you can sort it by oldest oldest first, newest first, and then the bad, the price highest and lowest, or by featured items. I like this little badge right here, four days, 21 hours remaining. So this is what it looks like. It's as really simple as that. And if you come down to the Mickey Mantle here, you hit bid. It's at 50 grand right now. makes sense. Bid now. And I like this, like, it doesn't take you to a new screen. It just, it just expands and you can pick your, pick your bid, whether you want to put in a proxy, or the next one again. I'm not going to make a bid, but if I did, you, I, I guess you hit submit, and and, it, and that's it. So it's all right here. And while you bid on this one, you can still see what else there is. You can okay. I'm going to click on that, but I'm going to scroll around. Hey, let me let me
0: let me jump in real quick. Yeah. I believe, and I don't want you to do it, so because I don't want you to accidentally bid on something and then, you know, having it, you know make a mistake. But but I did bid on a few of those Kobe cards that I was telling you about, and I believe when you hit submit another screen does come up and then that, that oh. next screen says, you know, here's what your, here's what the buyer's premium will be. And so it leaves you with this like very clear understanding. I um, mean, and since, since you have to um, sign up for the vault beforehand, you, there's no other fees or anything else that's hidden on the end of that, which again, unlike, you know, the other major auction houses, it's nice to know what you would be paying when you, when you actually bid rather than, I think those of us who've won things on the other major auction houses, not only the buyer's premium, but, you know, what kind of buyer's premium is it? Is it because there's different kinds? Um, The other thing is I like the transparency of, you know, knowing exactly knowing that no one's negotiating on the buyer's premium on either side. It just is what it is. You know what the final price is. There's nothing there's nothing funny. And you're you're showing off the 3D imaging right now, which is maybe the coolest part of all of it, actually.
1: Yeah, I'm. Tr- oh, there. That's what I was trying to do because I noticed this. You can actually. I don't know. I, I think it's just because I'm streaming that it's not working fast. But on this three on this 360 degree sort of uh, spinorama here, you can actually. There you go. You you can go up and up and down, side to there. We go. It's kind of working now. Up and down, side to side, and you can tell that. Like, look at the light on there. Yeah. It's just you can actually, which helps you to see the foil. See the it foil does. there.
0: Hey, Jeremy. Go click on the, go click on the Kobe PMG. That's, that's one where you can really see that effect that you're, that you're talking about right now. And I think it's really cool because you know, they, not only, they they also have a video, so they've got every one of the, the picture, every one of the cards has a picture as, you know, obviously super high def front and back, but also then the 3d imaging, which allows you to see the card in a really unique way and a video. I kind of don't know what more you could do with an auction to show off a card than what they're doing and um, you know, say what you want about PWCC, but
1: like, I, but this is, this is like really cool stuff. I, I agree, man. I don't, I haven't seen it, but look at, even right, even that, that opening yeah, image. But turn it, it's so cool. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay. Hold on. There we go. It's yeah. And like, then, look, yeah. that's a, that, You don't see it. You can't see that on eBay. Well, no. I mean, unless you're linking to PWCC, I guess, but like even the up and the down, I think is just a neat, where, where do you, which helps you to see the edge. Yep. Right. You can see
0: every part of it. I just, it so, so you have both transparency in the cardboard in a way that you haven't seen before. And you see transparency in the bidding and like knowing what something actually sold for. Um, I like, again, I, and people, people have lots of, you know, not so positive opinions about but like, this is awesome. I think this is just a, a home run forum. And the real question is, let's see. You know, let's see if it works that we the, the, the auction could still, you know, the software could fail and they could have a, 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 a downage, you know, for a day or, or something like that. And, and we'll we'll see. But um, for, for right now, with four out with four days and 24 hours to go, I think it's I think it's really cool.
1: I mean, I hear you. As far as the the uh, the, the platform failing, only 139 lots. That, yeah. and I think that that kind of helps helps uh, minimize the chance that. I wanted to show this though look at you know pmgs are sometimes hard to understand what they are but that that angle right there you can see the ink lift off the card like these cards if you put your fingers over them it's almost like braille you know like they're they're bumpy because that that red that red ink is it was layered on to take to take the shape of the planets in the background you can't see that on a flat scan like this one here like that's the same card so yeah it's just really cool and this is technology. I'm not surprised that they, that they did that. But in any event, I mean, there's, where are we here? There's there's 139 lots. You know, I like they've been putting out on you know, on Instagram or emails lately. They've been putting out like all the Kobe's, all the Jordan cards, all the vintage baseball. It, it's, I think they're doing a great job promoting it. And um, I don't know that I'm going to buy any card. I actually, I know I'm not going to buy any cards from it because they're pretty much out of my price range at this point in time. But man, are there some amazing cards in here. So but let's talk, so on, on Thursday night, we're gonna be going through, we don't know exactly how we're going to really manage this auction watch party, as I like to call them. It's gonna be the first one, and, and I, I want people to know, if you're planning to join Adam and I for this on Thursday, just understand that, it's not like the eBay watch parties that I've been doing where we know when they end, it's easy to go. Well, easy enough to go from auction to auction here. We're going to be kind of jumping around. We're going to be focusing on one card at a time, talking about them a little bit, maybe talking about older comps, talk about the importance of the cards themselves um, and open to suggestions and, and comments from the crowd on that. So please bring them on on Thursday night when we go live, we'll go live at probably uh seven o'clock our time we're in the same time zone adam which is great for you and me but that's gonna be six o'clock pacific nine o'clock eastern so yeah i'm looking i'm looking forward to it i i i just think it'll be fun i'm looking forward to it too before we move
0: on from the pwcc thing can i show something from the magazine real quick that i think is kind of cool
1: yeah for sure please
0: so um i only have one copy of this left unfortunately this this one is is sold out um we only printed 100 copies which in retrospect was a a big mistake, but, um, but this, this one, this one is, has been really popular with the gold, with the gold look on the background and the feature interview. Um, we always, we always have, uh, we always have an interview with somebody who's uh, a leader in the, you know, in, in the world of cardboard. And so this one was with, uh, Jesse Craig, and he's the VP of, um, business development at PWCC. One of the things that he, he actually, this is where they talked about 3d imaging for the first time. They, they hadn't talked about it anymore before they talked about it on, on basketball card fanatic. Um, but I want to show you the, they I don't know if you, cause you, I know you haven't gotten it yet, but they, there's a couple of pictures in here of a couple of, uh, a couple of, sorry, I need to figure out which way I'm going. A couple of the, um, Um, machines that they have, they call them lefty and righty. The reason they're able to scan so many um, cards and so many more than, than really anybody else's is is because they actually have machines doing like 99% of that work. Um, I just think it's so cool. Like can you imagine like this little, he kind of described it. It's like this thing like goes, can pick up the card, can put it on the scanner, can turn it upside down. And like 90, 90 something percent of that work is all done by a machine now. Um, Maybe to other people, that seems like something that should just be happening. But I just I don't know. I just think that's really that's really cool that that's where the technology is at this point that we have not just machines scanning, but machines
1: putting the cards through the process. I think it's really cool. That is cool. And what I like about this platform is it is that what I see is can they scale it so that it's going to be for not just $50,000 cards? so that cards that that I might be able to buy on a regular basis, like I do from them on their normal uh, eBay auctions. Um, let's go to a few comments before we before I just get out of hand and I lose track of them. Um, Dave Slipka, Chai Town Hustler, still here. Happy to have you for the evening, my friend. Uh, Yamwax uh, says to Rodman, he should get Rodman to autograph the basketball card fanatic cover because the other Rodman is on the cover. I think that's hilarious. Uh, Jordan wants to know, will Adams 2012 Prism Gold Kobe be included in the in the auction? Don't think so, is it?
0: No. You know, I had a few people say to me, hey, you're such a supporter of PWCC. You should send one of your big cards. The thing is, guys, I don't have that many cards that would qualify, and I don't want to sell them. So I didn't send any, but I would have loved to support them in that way, but I don't have anything to
1: sell for right now. Something tells me they, they have enough cards to sell, though. Like, they they have this endless stream of cards. So and they got cards in the vault and you know, so a lot of people moving cards in and out. So, but uh, yeah, it, it'd be cool to have a card in this auction for sure, especially since it's the first one ever. Uh, card Porn says, Um, it will be interesting to see if PWCC site can stay up when the auctions come to a close and the bidding frenzy starts. Their layout is definitely far superior to the other auction houses. Yeah, I agree with that, but I mean, again, only 139 lots. We've, we've, we yeah. saw Golden's auction site, you know, in the whatever, the February, the March, whatever it was, it had some issues. But those are 5000 lot auctions. This isn't this is a fraction of that. So I have to think, I mean, let me I'm speculating. I don't know for sure. But if I were to bet on it, I would say that this site will not fail because 139 lots, a very small number. And They put, you can see the investment they've made. You just talked about a robot taking videos that are cards. You have to think that they have enough server power here to withstand it. So, but time will tell, let's see. I agree with card porno will be interesting. And, um, and you know, um, you know, we've seen auction houses kind of be scrutinized, somewhat attacked when there have been issues. If there are new issues, I'd like to see people praise, praise the fact that it didn't, that it didn't go down. But let's 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 see it go work both ways. Would be nice to see. Junkwax says the 360 degree view of the cards is cool. Definitely looks slick. Yeah, for sure. And I to I want to also, along with Terry Fortune, congratulate Jordan Riker on winning the sports cards live regular season hockey pool, which just ended. So congrats to Jordan and Terry Fortune took home second place. So congrats to both of you guys. That was a fun hockey pool. We'll tweak the rules next year. None of this maximum roster spots and all that, and I apologize for that. Daniel says, if the PWCC Premier auction card, sorry, the auction card tilting and flipping is off the charts, it really is. Terry says, thanks, Jordan. And uh, Tristan says, PWCC stepped up their game. I mean, I, that's a nice comment, Tristan, but PWCC's game has always been stepped up. They've all, like, for because for a while now, you could click on the eBay auction for the high-res scans. And go to, I've never seen scans like theirs before. So, but they stepped it up again to Tristan's point.
0: Can I give a shout out to Tristan? He was, um, he'd have to remind me, I think he was issue four's um, industry uh, interview. Tristan's logo man shark on Instagram, um, Tristan20 from the old blowout uh, cards forums, and just one of the kind of one of the early super collectors of really high-end basketball cards Uh, the other thing that i love about tristan is he and i have he and i have talked a lot about this he is somebody who will be very honest in how he feels about things and he'll so he'll tell you the things about pwcc that he doesn't like he and i have talked about some of those things before but so when he says pwcc stepped up their game that really means something so uh good call by tristan there
1: and appreciate that added context. It's nice to nice to have a bit of context when it comes to certain comments we see and who's making them. So uh, great to have you, Tristan, along and um, and your 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 scrutiny throughout. And, not scrutiny, but um, to to say that I guess, as Adam said, yeah, I, I appreciate the comment as well. Colin Murray says it justifies. Oh, there we are. It justifies the buyer's premium and shows how old and difficult to navigate heritage and golden is yeah, those, those platforms are, and they're not alone using it. But as we've heard on this show from Ken Golden, that he's got a new platform coming. And when he was on last time, I, I think we said, okay, so by early Q3 or end of Q2, so I think he's, if they're still on track by end of June, early July, so they've still got time to get there. And I'm not going to say I'm sure they will. I'm going to say, I hope they do. And I hope that they're, I hope the Golden platform, is as slick yet it'll be different because you can tell pwcc is very proprietary but i can't wait to see what golden's uh what golden's platform looks like and just how how uh usable it is and just jump in and say this is why um um
0: competition is so wonderful because um competition allows us to say hey golden go try to be better than pwcc hey pwcc go try to you know continue to be better than golden on on your website like Let them be, let them fight, fight each other. You know, when golden started selling all this stuff, a lot of us sort of like stood back and went, wow, in 2021, you've got a 20% buyer premium and people are paying this. You guys are making a ton of money. This is, this is something, man. Like somebody's got to be able to compete with that. You know, who can compete with it? It's PWCC, right? They, they have a lower buyer premium and, and, and now golden maybe has to step up in some ways. So they probably can't continue to charge the same buyer's premium. Maybe they, maybe they will. I don't know. Um, you know, maybe there's reasons why they can do that. I'm not sure, but this competition between these big auction houses is really great for us collectors because we can stand back and say, you guys go fight, you go try to win and try to be the very best you can. I hope they both win, right? I hope they both totally succeed and the the sports card market continues to bring new people in and we continue to grow and, um, and, uh, it's, it's been an amazing last 24 months
1: but uh, no doubt man. these
0: guys go at it and like really compete against each other it's it's like it was in the old day with days with tops and upper deck
1: going at like that was a good thing and competition's good for sure for sure couple comments and i want to bring up a topic colin says 100 It it is a test to see how it goes some really big cards in the next pwcc ebay auction mm-hmm. psa slab guy says is this the start of pwcc trying to move away from ebay i mean i kind of want to say i hope so because i mean number one i'm always cognizant of the the um availability the transparency of comps especially when it comes to the the data services like the card ladders because i want them to be able to have access to that but i also you know ebay has been pissing people off left right and center and and now with the no more sport categories it seems like, like like if you're a seller on eBay, take down your stuff. Cause I'm not even doing my regular. I used to, I mean, I'm in e- on my eBay app doing my, going through my save searches. I don't know, every hour, every hour, at least, you know, I'm always in there looking to see what little blue lights have lit up. And I'm kind of just not right now. I'm, 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 I'm looking by like this, this just sucks right now. So boy, oh boy, eBay, what a bad time to mess up your search system because you've got people that are nipping on your heels, like the PWCCs, like the Goldens, and you're just opening up the door for them. So, I don't know what eBay's doing. Um, I, I would hope that they have a plan and that it that 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 they didn't just mess this up because of some bad decision. But that's what it kind of feels like right now. What are your thoughts, man? I have so many thoughts. I
0: I have like a love hate relationship with eBay because. I think they do so many things so badly, but they also have been like, they've been huge for so long in so many ways. You know, they they pioneered so many things, right? Like just the idea of online sales of sports cards and an auction format, that's that's eBay. Um, you know, the idea that, that anybody can go bid is, is both good and it's bad. Um, I, I will say that in terms of PWCC, fo- you know, moving away, from from eBay. eBay allows them and I again I don't speak for them. I don't know their mind completely. I did an interview, right? I did an interview and and I've talked to them a few times and they they like I say they sponsor the magazine. But I don't know them perfectly. I don't know their mind. I would guess though that when it comes to 50 000, you're you're dead on Jeremy. When it comes to $50,000 items, even $20,000 or $10,000 items, that's a that's a pretty elite level. There aren't thousands of those that should be ending a day. But PWCC is selling $200 cards too. And it's one of the things that Jesse talks about in here is he says, you know, he talks about like the breadth of, of uh, values that you're, that you see and the number of, you know, lower end sales that they do. It's hard for me to imagine that PWCC could create something that does everything that eBay does for that breadth of $200 to $2 million auctions. I, I don't know if they can pull that off and I don't know that they want to. My guess is that's not currently on the roadmap, but again, I don't know that. It's just, it's just a sense that I got from this, from this interview with Jesse. (laughs) I talked to him, talked to him for about an hour and, and he seemed like he wanted to, he they were strong partners with eBay. And again, on a $200 item or even on a 500 or a thousand dollar item, I don't think that's a bad idea. I think especially for the cost and what they're able to, actually sell the item for and then you know the the small amount of fees that come out of that i think it kind of it's hard to imagine they can beat that
1: i think that i think the you know i like i like your threshold to 200 i almost because it's a good one because it's almost worth their time I, I i don't know for sure but i would think it's maybe worth their time at 200 and up or whatever that number is and then that level and beneath kind of falls in the calm c sweet spot you know once calm c gets through their issues and they're up running efficiently again i can see that because Otherwise, yeah, PWCC, unless they're going to scale up staff-wise huge and, and put all these $50 cards through their through their robotic video guy. Um, I, I don't know that that, that, that really is conducive to, to their business plan. I don't know their business plan either. But in any event, let's let's move on from that for a minute here. Excuse me. Um, so. <laughs> I don't know how to say I, I know I've said this name right before. I can go with Jocelyn Montague says. Uh, do you guys think SGC CSG will gain more of a share of the grading market if PSA takes longer than July to reopen, especially if their minimum cost to grade is fifty dollars or more? It's a good question. I don't want to spend a ton of time talking about grading, but I, but I do want to address this question. Uh, so I'll take my first shot at it, and I mean. You know the key word there is is you know if they take uh, if they don't reopen by July I've heard that they will be even maybe a bit sooner I think I may have heard somewhere that they' they're, they are they are on they are trending towards that so now if it's 50 or more I think 50 is a fine price point I mean SGC just lowered their price down to 30 I have to think that 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 most people I'm I'm not gonna project. For myself, I would spend the extra twenty dollars to use PSA over thirty dollars at SGC for myself. I can't say I'm not going to project that upon the whole hobby or anybody else. But I have to think that some people think the way I do, too. So for the people that think that way, I mean. Probably not, but overall, I have to think, yes, there is some room. And um, so, yeah, they. I think they will gain more of the market share especially if PSA takes longer than July to reopen those lower service levels. Um, And yeah, if if those guys can, can, can compete on price, that's an important metric to compete on. There's no doubt about it. So I think the answer is yes. How about you, Adam?
0: I, yeah, I think you're um, I think you're spot on. Um, It's always a math game. And so if there comes a time where people can say, you know, people can say i can send this in to psa or i can send this in to say csg and say csg costs thirty dollars less but and and the card is going to sell for you know twenty dollars less if you send it into csg as opposed to psa well your net gain there is ten dollars more through sending into CSG." can I foresee a world where specifically lower end things like base prism rookies and things like that, that historically people have sent to PSA um, or maybe now people might lean towards a, you know, a less expensive option that also becomes an authority in the space. Yeah, I can, I can see that. I just don't know. You know, it's one of these things it's, it's a good question. Um, Jacelyn, I think is, is your name. I think it's a really good question, but I think it's one of those things that we just, we wait to see how, how it plays out. And the hard part about that is if you're holding your cards and you're like, where do I send these? You can't really foresee the future. What I can tell you is I think that um, in particular, the CSG cases look really cool and they are, um, they have, um, you know, they have a real like history in, in a, a tangential space, right? They're, they're a comic book expert and they, they've done really well at that. And so, Um, if people start to like their cases and they can compete on price, as Jeremy said, and PSA raises their, their rates so that it doesn't become, you know, easy to like turn that profit, especially on lower end stuff. I can see that for me, I don't really grade lower end stuff very often. And so I don't, I think I'll probably stick with PSA and BGS. Um, I still use BGS for my thick cards. I still think they do the best job on those. Um, so that's kind of how I feel. I don't think that, I don't think any of them are perfect. Um, and I'll, and often I also say this, like I went a year without sending anything to graders. Graders are not as important of a, a part of my life as they are to, to a lot of the people in the hobby. I don't think you have to use a grader to have a really um, wonderful um, experience with the hobby. But some people think so. So to those people. Yeah, I think some people will go to S.G.C. and CSG. So
1: do I. So do I. Okay, uh, I'm just going to address Pogs and, Pinstripes. Uh, I, Pogs and Pinstripes. I just put Adam's Instagram handle on here. So uh, feel free to follow. He does a great job all the time of showing his personal collection on Instagram. That's where you can find out what he PCs because I want to go to Willie T's question here. He says, and this is for you specifically Adam with Panini Prism at over $2,000 a box. Where is the future of basketball cards? They have priced out a lot of the hobby. And even the big buyers have trouble finding value with these boxes. I'm going to put this one to you, as Willie T. did. Well, this is this is something
0: that DJ Ski talked about a little bit. And I thought it was – I actually got my, got my wheels turning a little bit. So you asked him the question, Jeremy. You said, you know, what should we do for the kids? What should we – you know, how would you change things? And you kind of posed it in a couple different questions. It kind of seemed like you wanted to hear, like, specific ideas. And I think he gave a few. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think – I think that something that he said that I think is true is we don't want to go back to some sort of junk wax era where there's just unlimited supply. And so the idea of keeping things that are keeping things really limited is, is good. Having said that, we also have a single distributor of NBA licensed cards. And so, um, you know, and this question is pertaining to specifically basketball cards. There's no reason that Panini can't put something out there that is both really exciting not as limited and and really cheap. Now you might say, but those will still fly off the shelves if they're way too cheap, blah, blah, blah. That might be true, but I'd like to see them try, you know, like a few years ago, they did a product called Panini complete. And it's this huge base set. It was like 400 cards. And the cards were like, like when I say paper, like think of like the quality of tops, like just basic tops cards, and then cut that quality in half. They were thin they were like this matte finish. They weren't great, but why can't Panini do a product that's like Panini complete, but also has, you know, some cool chases, some, some neat, like rarer inserts and that I can open with my son because I got an 11 year old. I can't open anything with him, right? His dad's got this really, I've got a really cool, um, you know, to answer the previous, like I've got a pretty cool basketball card collection. I've worked on it for 30 years. Hopefully it is pretty cool. Um, but like, I can't afford to open wax with my son. Like I can't. And if I can't, then there's lots of people who can't. So, you know, they, they need to figure out a way and it's, it's not like, I don't think what I just said is rocket science, like make that product, put it out there and put it out there in a way where like, it doesn't immediately fly off every shelf in the world and it's priced in a way that's, that's fine. Do that. Cause you can do that as, as Panini and, and you know, they've got some hard problems to figure out. I get it. And I get that it's not easy. That's one that they can, that's one thing that they can do.
1: I was just having the thought. And then I, and then the reason why you just saw my my eyes kind of do that is because I thought, well, no, that might not work. But my thought was, you know, they why don't they work with the card shops the lcs never mind target and walmart That that's a, a crap show but work with the card shops come out with a product and just keep it keep it at a low price and the reason why I, I think that might not work is because there's only so much there's only so much printing capacity in the industry right now and so they need to maximize every hour they have on yeah. those printers it's so true. why would you do a low margin product why why would you now the answer to why would you is long term, thinking long term, thinking the next generation. Allocate a certain amount of, of your printer time to the future of the hobby on a low margin, you know, high print run, whatever it would be, kind of product. Maybe that's maybe the answer is something like that. I don't know. But um, but like you said, it's not rocket science, although it's it's the more it's more complex now than yeah. it's ever been because of the these price points of what should be you know, a flagship product should be 150 box, not 2000. So it's getting tougher.
0: Yeah. Let me just, let me just say, I, I, you, you, you highlighted that in a way that I think is, is, is perfect. Um, they, they have constraints that we don't understand. And I've, I've talked to people over there and, um, I get it. it. When I say it's not rocket science, that maybe downplays how, how hard the situation is. And their goal as a business is to make money. And they basically get to print it right now. Right? Like they, they, they make money or they make car, a card and it just flies off the shelf. It's sold out immediately. People are literally fighting and whatever to try to get it. So I do get that. It's hard, but I'm with you that like, this is a problem that's big enough and that people have talked about enough. The problem that kids cannot collect um in in the, sorry the kids cannot open packs kids yeah. can collect by the way mm-hmm. yeah. you go you go get on Comcy if you're a kid in fact i like if i give my son a hundred dollars to go spend on Comcy, he could spend weeks trying to figure out what to buy and what he likes and what set he wants to do and and it could be a ton of fun so you can still collect without being able to open packs but if i'm panini i mean i agree with you jeremy if i'm panini i want kids to have that opportunity and that opportunity they don't have right now, unless their parents are super wealthy.
1: Yeah, true. I like what you said though. You can kids can collect. They just can't open packs. And that, that's true. And I mean, we, you and me, we started in the hobby opening packs and, but, but I don't open many packs anymore mm-hmm. because I understand the risk involved. And I would, you know, even, I'm looking at some F1, the top's Chrome F1s right now. Cause I want, I'm now for anyone who's keeping track, I've I've watched all 30 episodes of, of the documentary on Netflix. Loved every minute of it, and now I know all the drivers, I know their personalities. I, you know, it's it was awesome. I went into that into that documentary knowing absolutely nothing about F1. Anyway, my point is, is that I could be buying a box of the stuff or whatever it is, 500 bucks, or I can go buy the one card for you know, not not Lewis Hamilton's, but other great other great drivers for less than that, that if I were to spend $500 on a box and get that card, I'd be ecstatic. Well, I can save money now and do that. So it's it's you you don't need to open packs to collect. You need to open packs to have the thrill of opening a pack. So you have to decide, do you want, you know, you can, is that imperative for you to get into the hobby as a kid? kids it seems like a lot of kids right now are in, in it's like opening packs is for the really young kids all the other kids that have if you have a cell phone or you, or you have you have access to the internet you're into the values of things now and yeah. so is it really that important for for teenagers to open packs or is it important for like six to nine year olds to open packs, or six to ten year olds to open packs? i don't know the answer to it but we can talk about this forever and ever it's uh Jump in, please. I'm kind of going in circles. Oh, no,
0: I just gave you a thumbs up. I just I think we're aligned on that. I think uh, yeah. you you bring up some really good points there. For me, I never opened a lot of packs. I don't like you. I don't hardly open anything now, um, but I always would open something on Christmas. And we're to a point where kids, a lot of kids can't even get something on Christmas. And that's like I'd like I'd like, I guess, people to have the exa- the same sort of experience that I had or at least you could do something. And right now there's nothing.
1: Well, you know what I'd like to see? Like even a COMC gift card on Christmas. Like here, here's a hundred dollar COMC credit card. Go load it into your account. Now you got five million cards you can go choose from. Now yeah. you might have to wait a while to get them <laughs> in, in 2021, but eventually you'll get them in normal in a normal time frame. But even still, I even just scrolling through COMC is an enjoyable experience. I like scrolling through. I, I hear a lot of people don't like their 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 platform, I'm fine with it. And it's the same one I've been using since like I got on there in 2012 or 13, I'm okay with it. My point is, is that there are other creative ways that that a youngster can enjoy Christmas morning without opening the packs in hand. I, I think it's not, it won't be the same experience. Don't get me wrong. It's not the same experience, but it might be just as rewarding. I don't know. Every kid will be different. Okay. Let's go to the next comment here, uh, kind of backtracking a bit, but uh, Colin says, with not as many shows to sell your cards for a dealer, PSA has some time on their side, still going to get more for PSA Slab. I agree with that. Devin says, do you think that the base card market will crash because so many are printed? Example 2020 NFL Select, there's so many base rookies throughout the hobby and retail. Do you want to take it first, Adam? Sure. Um, I think that, I
0: wouldn't think about like an entire market, like the base card market living or dying on a specific product. Maybe that product won't do well, but I don't think it'll kill necessarily everything else. Um, I don't want to speak for Jeremy, but I'm not huge into cards that are easily um, easy to access and to purchase. If something's out there on eBay in a high quantity, I don't really have any interest in purchasing it. Um, But a lot of people do. And so we need to kind of give voice to those collectors sometimes um, and, and be willing to sort of like try to put ourselves in their shoes. Um, you know, people love their base cards. People just want to own a slab of a of a, of, of a card that's well-known. You know, they want to be able to say, I got this thing. Especially, I think a lot of younger collectors really like that. And I would guess that a product like the one that you just described, this NFL Selected, it has a ton of regular rookies. I would guess that it doesn't impact the whole market in any way. But I would guess... That the rookies in that specific product wouldn't be as sought after because the um, because the supply is so great.
1: Yeah, good comments, man. And I'll, I'll add that. So it's funny considering the last question was accessibility to kids and you know to young kids. It's usually going to be base cards or lower end cards. So on the one point, we're saying there's not enough base cards, yeah. not enough low end cards for kids. And on the other hand, we're saying, do you think that there's so many of them that is going to crash the market? so it's these two i don't know that these two desires of the hobby or these two um kind of forces of the hobby can really do, do they reconcile do they coexist that well and i don't know i, I want I, i'd have to think it through some more but to this specific question um i think that as populations of i don't even like the term base card i don't not that it doesn't exist not that it's not a defined term But for the question, I prefer the term commodity card because we're talking high pop, highly liquid. And like Adam said, a card that a lot of people want, right? Like like a Ken Griffey Jr. 1989 upper deck card. It's an iconic card, but it's also a commodity card. It's a high pop card, but it's also an important card. So, you know, I don't think it's going to crash the market because those are entry. They're not price wise but they're still entry level cards or entry point. Let me not not entry level entry point cards because they're mainstream a lot of the time. So I, I mean, I don't think the market is going to crash. I I mean, I don't think it will, but like came up, like as I talked about DJ ski earlier tonight, he has concerns about the populations and I think that's a legitimate concern. So will it crash? Maybe I'm going to say maybe, I'm going to take back, I don't think so to maybe, but I think that there's enough demand out there for them that, and again, entry point demand, like not not mature, sophisticated collectors as much. And in the last show I did say, you know, I think where you need to go to avoid this potential force of of PSA slab coming onto the hobby the tsunami of them, if you will, is, Focus on on more great more uh, sorry numbered cards, serially numbered cards, finite numbered cards. So you have to make that decision. I don't. I I'm really uncomfortable answering the question. Do I think the base card market will crash? Go ahead, Adam.
0: So, um, the thing that you that came to my mind as you were talking about that is a difference between now and when the Griffey rookie first came out. That I've been thinking about. This is like super philosophical. So, um. Get ready for this. <laughs> okay. I think the thing that's different between now and and back then is you might have some of the same um some of the same principles at hand where there's like the one that we always mention is like the Luca prism rookie, right? There's thousands and yeah. thousands of them in the population. And that's not different than how the Griffey rookie was um you know, back, back in the day, maybe there was way more of the Griffey rookie. There probably were. I don't, I don't really know those numbers. The thing that I think is really different and it's, and it, it, it puts a real wrench in this whole supply and demand thing is you do have people at this point who act as like, um, they act as like these massive, like grabbers of these, of these commodity cards. And so you'll have people who own like a thousand of a graded card or, in the hundreds of a graded card and they they're looking at it and they're treating it the same way that you would treat a real stock, like a real company where you're like, okay, hey, if it gets below this point, I'm going to go out there and I'm going to buy it. And there's the support for it. And and the support comes with a couple of people, not, not a couple, but a limited number of people with like really big pockets. And so they'll, they'll go out there and they'll buy this. And, and, and that shows support for the, for the price of cards. And it, it can be anything that's it could be anything. It could be something that's lower, pop, or something that's higher. It could be anything. But but why that's interesting is it's just different to know how that how that if really influences us. Like, you know, as time goes by, do those people leave? Or do those people plan on holding them forever? Is there is, is there a way for them to get out of their position? And I think position is the right word there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really know what happens. What I know though is that in 1989, people weren't going around in the same quantities as we have today with hundreds of thousands of dollars, setting real price limits on things and treating those specific individual cards of stock. I think that's different and, and I don't know how it's going to play out, um, but I think it's really interesting and exciting to watch for those people. I'm personally not, I'm personally glad that I'm not exactly in the middle of that, um, but I'm not saying that there's not a ton of money to be made because I'll tell you what, if you go back in time a few years, if you were just, if your goal was to just make money, you could have done a lot worse things than just invest in, uh, in, in low end, um, commodity cards. As you talk about that might've been the best way actually to spend your money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I like your comment about like what, what do they leave? What happens to their position? You know, we we do know like we've seen that tweet from, and I I just use him because he's kind of you know a, a bit of a poster child is the Gary Gary when Gary V showed that big table with stacks and stacks of slabs and however many Luca prison bases he has. What happens when he, when when him or someone like that, someone with that sort of inventory, a position goes and dumps them on the market are they going to do it in a real calculated fashion like one a week one a month or are they just going to dump them like you can see some pwcc auctions where there's you know a couple dozen of the same card being auctioned off what what if that couple dozen turns into a couple hundred not that pwcc would do that who knows but ebay could do it you know a, a single seller on ebay could do it what happens even when that happens or do they sell them in in a lot of a hundred here's a hundred PSA 10, Luca prison basis sort of thing. But again, the person who buys that is what the same. It's just the transfer of ownership doesn't remove the question from the table and from being important in the hobby. So tough, tough to say, but, um, okay, let's, let's move on. We we're, we're getting way behind. And I, and I know that, I, I know that often what happens with Adam is that we go for like way longer than he wants and And he sends me a private message saying, okay, man, when, when is this, thing? when can I go to sleep? So, you let me know when you let me know when you when you want to wind down, Adam. Well, I'm good, brother. I'm good. Awesome. Awesome. Okay, so I'm gonna I'm gonna look for our next uh, topic that we're going to that we're gonna uh, address here. Um, let's see. Uh, here we have Dave Slipka says, "Devil's Advocate." In the heat of the early '90s, everyone said we were we are pricing out the kids, so they made 99 cent packs, and those brands bombed. And here we are; the hobby is fine, right? Like. And you have to understand Dave Slipka has been grossly involved, grossly entrenched in the hobby since then. you know he worked for at Beckett for 22 years. He has his finger on the pulse of the hobby so read this comment and 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 like embrace it. I, I can't tell you that enough and if you want to learn more about Dave he was uh, and you were, you didn't watch the show last week he was he was our guest uh, last Saturday on on sports cards live so Thank you, Dave, for, for jumping in. And you know I appreciate your insights all the time. Junk Wax says, Do you think this could be caused by the price that these companies need to pay for these exclusive licenses? I imagine these exclusive licenses are not getting cheaper year over year. That's a really great point. And that's definitely one of their inputs. That's part of the reason why why. Now I don't think it doesn't really justify the secondary market price of, of wax or or really anything, but it certainly justifies or or causes the primary market price of of these of 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 wax for sure and i have to think that with the attention the hobby is getting that when these things come up for renewal i we're either going to we're either going to see competition or we're going to see increased prices of licenses now that's just me thinking myself i have no idea if that's true or not carson crew says tag pure graded x on instagram with a video of your son or daughter asking for cards this christmas and we will send them a sp sample promo slab from our vault of their favorite player team just pay shipping well that's really nice carson Cruz. so carson Cruz, i want to speak to you directly for a moment if you're still there oh i think you are i mentioned last week and and i guess you're with a new grading company called pure graded x Um, i'm inviting all the new grading companies i'm putting it out there if you want to come on the show and speak to the sports cards live audience about what you're doing just send me a message and we'll we'll, we'll get you on and plan for that so um I, i'd love to hear from you carson Cruz. carbon chung in the house my man carve. welcome to the show always great to have you Stephen foley from south florida says should panini hit the reset button on releases so product is not coming out so late ie hoops premium stock and select football They can't, Stephen, they cannot. Everything is coming out late because of the third party vendors on printing. It's just the way it is going to be for you have to think at least another year. And we as a hobby have to just accept the fact that 2021 products are going to come out at the end of 2021, maybe even into 2022. And while some people will say, well, is this still a 2021 product if it comes out in 2022? The answer is yes. Yes, it is. Just we just that's just one of the things you just got to accept and deal with it. I'm not talking to you, Stephen, directly, but it, you know it's just the way of the world right now. We're not the only industry that is experiencing these delays in thing. You know, my parents are renovating a house and everything is getting pushed back, pushed back, pushed back. It's everywhere. So we just have to accept it. But I don't, and, and, and now directly to Stephen Foley, I don't know if that was the spirit of your question, but if it was, there you go. If it wasn't, feel free to clarify. Adam, anything to jump in with?
0: no I, I i think you're you're wise uh, i haven't thought a lot about the the backlog um from um you know from the printers but i think you're right and um COVID slowed everything down I, I think you and i probably have a like mind on this i just i tend to be more patient and you know and kind of you know give them a, give them the benefit of the doubt
1: that's that's my approach man so we're, we're like-minded on that for sure, sure. corey carr Sorry you're late, family obligations. We'll have to watch the replay. Glad to have you, even if you're just checking in right now, my man. Carson Cruz says, in 1989, I ripped several boxes of upper deck and never pulled a single Griffey. <laughs> yeah. yeah, well, what was it, like a 700-card set? So, yeah, yeah, it was tougher to do it back then. I still don't have one, dude. You, I mean, that's a card. To me, it's like the Wayne Gretzky rookie. You know, If you collect hockey at all, unless you only collect a single player like my friend Carlos only likes Mike Medano. He does not need a Wayne Gretzky rookie. I completely understand and accept that. But if you dabble in hockey here and there, you need a Gretzky rookie eventually, you know? If you dabble in baseball, you need a Ken Griffey Jr. rookie card, number. upper deck number. To me, it's, it's such a cool card also because it's the number one card in the very first set they ever did. I know it's not the first card they did. There were some samples, whatever they were. But to me, the number one card of the first set they ever did is, the, is an iconic card Kind of like, it's kind of like a uh, initiation type of thing into the hobby, right? You got to get yeah. that card. Of course you don't, but you know what I'm saying. <laughs> Carvin says in the 1990s, lots of collectors built war chests of singles too, just bought raw. And I can corroborate this. I had a shop 91 to 94 and I remember I had I, one customer comes to mind. He was back then, he was an older gentleman, pro- older, probably in his 50s maybe his sixties and he used to come in and inspect all the cards and put together nine, nine sheet, nine, a nine pocket sheet of every rookie in the, in the upper deck hockey set. And he was with a magnifying glass back then, but I'll just put that out there.
0: I would, I would jump in and, um, and just say to Carvin, I, I agree. There was a, there was a, um, when I worked at the old uh, house of cards in Salt Lake city, um, I, we we acquired this collection at one point and I remember we got this 800 count box of 1987 tops uh, baseball cards, which if you know baseball, like 87 tops, basically like there's a, um, you know, the Barry Bonds rookie and then there's like a Mark McGuire that's, that's kind of worth a little bit of money, but for the most part, it's not worth anything. So I got it. I looked at it and I thought, ah, do I need to flip through these real quick to see if there's anything of value in here? And I flipped through and I realized every card in the 800 count box was the same player. And that, that was an unusual thing to see, but you did see it. So Carvin's exactly right. What I would, what, where I would suggest it's a little bit different is that, you know, with the Luca PSA situation that we were just talking about, Carvin, if you, if you have this huge amount of money and I'm not saying this is happening with Luca, by the way, I don't know this. I'm not, not like, claiming anything. So just to get that clear. But like you could you could take a half a million dollars and you could say, I'm going to buy every single one of these that gets to this to that, that, that is lower than this price. And you could own a huge percentage of the population in a way that I don't think you could with raw cards back then, because there was no there was no Internet to buy off of. There was, you know, millions of the cards. And so to own the same percentage of like percentage of the outstanding shares or the outstanding cards, I don't think was as possible then as it is now. And so I think that that element, I think that element's different.
1: That's just my yeah. I just want to add. So I appreciate that. And I agree uh, when I was saying nine pocket pages. I also want to add in that there were there were articles in was it SCD magazine or Beckett or even the Canadian card collector back back then where you could buy 100 card lots of any card in the set that you wanted. So when carbon says war chests, I mean, 100 card lot. You could probably buy 10 of those if you wanted to fill up an actual war chest with a single like a Kip Miller young guns from 1990, 91. If anyone knows who remembers that, but people were doing the Ken Hodge juniors. People were doing that just to throw a couple obscure rookie cards that were hot in 1991 that are kind of fell off the face of the earth. OK, here we go. Big units sending Carson Cruz a big sub on Monday, that's pretty cool. And Carson Cruz will reach out to me this week. Awesome, Carson, sounds great. Let's see what else we got here. Uh, Junk Wax says, Donruss Griffey rookie card, better than upper deck for me, personal choice, like the Donruss better. That Donruss card, I've got to tell you, like with that purple border, it has really grown on me over the over the last several years. Now, to me, the upper deck is still a much more iconic and important card, but as, but. I take nothing away from that Donruss. It's a cool card too. No doubt about it. I agree with you for sure. Uh, Slipka says, Brian Gray has a thousand plus, right? I don't uh, Oh, of which card? Of the of the Luka or what, who's his favorite baseball player that he buys? Acuna. He loves Acuna. Not sure how many he has of that. BJ Sal. Good evening. Welcome to the show. Peter Chow says, Kit Miller was a Hobie Baker winner. That's true for sure. Alan Barber says, Oh, what's up to unit. Okay. So we're, Oh, and Carson crew says BJ still waiting on the Mitch Richmond and Jerry West logo. Okay. You guys, if you're new to the show, you notice I bring on most of the comments until I realize you're talking to each other. Then I catch on and I don't integrate them into the show, but I might do it by mistake. And if if you are new to the channel guys, welcome, please subscribe on YouTube. I greatly appreciate it. I'm, Getting close. I want to hit three thousand. If I can, I want to get to three thousand subscribers. I remember early on when I saw some of that had three thousand subscribers, was like wow, three thousand. That's that's huge, you know. And I'm, I'm I'm teetering on it now, so it'd be really cool to get there as well. So appreciate it. Uh, here, try. Slipka has a one hundred lot of 1991 score. Carl Dykhouse and a, and Nelson Emerson. If you need any, yeah, Nelson Emerson played for my Winnipeg Jets back then. Jordan Riker says. If you could rip one 2021 product to add to your PC, regardless of price, what would it be? I, mean, I don't even know what the 2021 products are, Jordan. I don't really follow the new wax as closely as some, so I I, I don't know. I mean, I can't wait for uh, Skybox Metal Universe Hockey to come out. Otherwise, I'm gonna give you an answer. I love the looks of Immaculate Basketball or Football. To me, that is the nicest aesthetically speaking. I think it's well. You look at the rpas in immaculate i think they're way nicer than those from from national treasures just personally speaking i think they present a lot nicer so i'll go with that Flaw, sorry immaculate basketball basketball maybe football depends i'd have to look the rookie class how about you adam
0: Um, I didn't collect any of this stuff this year, but I did five years ago when it first came out. That was, uh, that was Eminence basketball this year. It was, you know, when it first came out, it was, it was way too crazy expensive, but this year it like mere mortals couldn't buy Eminence basketball this year. So, um, I, I didn't, I didn't even do any singles, but, uh, but I'd love to open a case of that stuff. That'd be awesome.
1: Yeah, for sure. man. I mean, there's so much. There's so many options out there, right? And, and that—that's the nice thing. Even with a single, you know, single licensee era, there's still so many options to choose from. Aesthetics-wise, unfortunately, I'm well, not unfortunately, Just the way it is. The the nicer the cards, the more expensive they seem to be. But there are sort of uh, there are exceptions to that for sure. I, I feel the when I say I like I like immaculate better than NT. So. Carson says, are there any big rookies in 2021 hockey? We have tons of retail boxes on the shelves in Arkansas. <laughs> I mean, you know what? Nothing huge right now. I got to think, like, you've got you've got Kaprazov in Minnesota. You've got Tim Stutzel in Ottawa. You've got Lafreniere on the New York Rangers. Uh, Carvin says, yeah, Kaprazov in Series 2. He, you know, he's a 23-year-old rookie, but... He's he seems to be the real deal. Earlier on in the season, I was saying I wouldn't be in, investing in him because he's a 23 year old rookie, but the more you watch him, the more you think, you know, if he could get it, if he could put in 10 years in the NHL or more, you know, he may be a, a great investment. So there you go. Leave it at that. What? Okay. Uh, the national Adam, earlier on you were saying that you like to go to one big show a year. You think you're going to get to the national this year?
0: You know, in in each of the last two nationals, I um, I did make it. The 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 last one I didn't think I was gonna make it to, and then things came together, and I just I went for one night, and it was amazing. Um, Thank you, Colin. Sorry, Adam. So I would love to make it this year. Um, I've had a lot of people who are um, who have encouraged me to go um, specifically to be like an advocate uh, for for basketball card fanatic. Um, it's just hard to pull away guys. It's hard to go away for, for a day. I know a lot of people travel for work. I don't, I make sure I'm home every night. And you know, I see my kids every morning and every night. Um, It's hard to go away for more than a day, but I'd still like to, especially though where we have a new baby, we've got a one month old guys. So you must be dying to get out of there. If I, if my eyes look a little bit more tired than you guys are used to, you'll, you'll understand a little bit, you know, something about, doing a magazine and running a full-time, uh, having a full-time career and having four kids with a baby and a wife. Like, yeah, it's, it's cr- pretty crazy right now, honestly. Um, so thinking about leaving even for a day, it seems like a lot, but I do want to guys a national, the national is incredible. The thing that I worry about Jeremy is like, you know, we, it feels like they're going to do it. Right. It seems like they're going to do it, but like you've been to national. I, there's so many people there there's it's chaos there's so much stuff going on
1: like are they able to really do that this year how do they make sure that the crowds aren't just insane security man security peak crowd control you got to think they'll be ready you have to think they're smart enough not it's not a matter of smarts. it's just a matter of seeing what's going on in the hobby they they must they must know they must be able to prepare one way or another, crowd control, concerts, political uh, political rallies. I mean, not that that always works, but they're going to have to uh, they're going to they're going to have to just have some form of crowd control, are whether you, it's whether it's like police or you know uh, third third party uh, security companies, whatever it is, they'll have to do it. see you, you know, Sorry, are you
0: suggesting uh, like a limited number of tickets?
1: No. Well Maybe, maybe they might have to do that. I think they have to do that. If they yeah. don't do that, like they can't sell a million tickets. I mean, there's just no room for that. But, they but, have. like in the past,
0: it's just been, if you, if you, I mean, the, 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 the venues are always huge, right? For those of you who haven't been to a national, like you walk in and you're going, oh my goodness, this place is, it's just huge, right? So, you know, if you, if you have a location that is, that is just so big that you that you don't have to worry about that. That's, that's one thing, but I, I don't know. I'm, I think there's part of me that's still pretty nervous, honestly. Like I still want it to happen and, and I want it to be really successful, but I am nervous with how much money is out there and COVID and how popular the, the, you know, the hobby is right now. I could just see just a disaster where we have so many people if they don't if they don't control how many people can be in there and the the location isn't really really huge even bigger than normal then
1: i don't know maybe I, maybe i'm just worried about something
0: that doesn't need to be worried
1: about Though. well think about this too let's say they do limit the amount of tickets they sell let's say in 2019 there was a hundred thousand people that came through the doors so they say, okay, hobby's grown. We're going to sell, you anyway, know, there was room for more people there. We were there. We know that let's say they're, they're going to max it out at 200,000 tickets. Well, now there's going to be a whole market for scalper tickets and you're yes. going to see a crowd outside who's got tickets, looking for tickets, who needs tickets, right? It's going to be like going to a sporting event. There's going to be that, that facet to it as well. So, um, Colin said, or not this one, he says, say it, your wife would kill you. True. But then he says that uh, COVID control, not crowd control. So actually, I'll just leave that up. Actually, I don't think it's COVID control. Because what I read was that if they get, they're going to stage five. And then if there's what I forget, I forget the the, the threshold that has to be met for vaccinations. But if they get there, it's going to be normal. So it's no longer COVID control. It is only going to be crowd control at the national. And you have to think if they're one stage away from normalcy or what it used to be in terms of crowd control or, 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 or um, capacity then is it really COVID control anymore isn't it just back to crowd control it seems to me like it's just back to crowd control at that point but time will tell these things are all these things are moving around uh it's a moving target right there could be another wave who knows but with herd immunity and vaccinations maybe we get there maybe we do so Time will tell Carvin says love immaculate collection a tribute to Madonna Well carve I know you love it You named it and um, and I love it. So I think it's a beautiful. I think it's a beautiful product I don't have a single card in my collection from immaculate, but uh, but if I ever Get one i'll let you know and yeah, it's something that I, I really do like.
0: Hey, Jeremy Can I interrupt real quick and just give carvin a shout out?
1: No, he gets enough of them. I'm kidding. Go for it.
0: So real quick. Um, this is it's it's in, it's still in its sleeve that it comes at it comes in the mail but um this is the most recent issue of Basketball Card Fanatic and the big interview this month is I was really lucky to be able to to talk with Carvin. You know, Carvin we're we're lucky that we have people like Carvin specifically that we have Carvin to who who can, you know, opine on so many things, talk about things that are going on in the in, in the hobby and talk about things that have gone on in the hobby. He's a wealth of knowledge and he's so approachable. And I know a lot of us have gotten the chance to talk to him, but what I was really excited to talk to him about was specifically his, um, specifically some of the individual projects that he worked on and things that, that ways that he felt about it. And so Carvin and I, Carvin, Carvin can corroborate this. I think we talked about, I think we talked for like an hour and a half or two hours and neither one of us could (laughs) shut up. We're both just like going back and forth on things. I got to tell you guys, when, when we were done, the initial um, interview was like 20 something pages, which is the whole length of the magazine, or at least a good portion of it. And so obviously we couldn't publish the whole thing, but we cut it down and tried to include just the best stuff. He's just awesome. And, um, and his perspective is is incredible. And he's, he, he's a straight shooter. He'll tell you exactly what he thinks. It's funny, like I asked him one of, his question, one of the questions about about um, you know, his favorite years of exquisite Um, And he told me, he's like, yeah, I don't really like that set as much as this, as this, as this other set. And I just thought that's so cool because he was, you know, at least partially responsible for both of those sets. And I think directly responsible for both of them. So, you know, this is probably, you know, my, my quick second to just say, I think that the, the, the magazine with people like Carvin, you know, get, the magazine gives us access to them in, in a way that like is similar to what Jeremy does here, but it's nice to have it in that, in, in that printed format and to just have the real highlights from those interviews. The magazine teaches and it informs and it's a voice of collectors and really smart people like, like Carvin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, something like this car, I hope Carvin feels proud of this. Um, you know, it's a, it's the magazines, the sort of quality that you wouldn't mind putting on your on your coffee table and having somebody come over and say, hey, what's that? And sort of glance through it. And um, it was a pleasure for me to to interview him because, you know, as you know, Jeremy, he's just he's just an incredible wealth of knowledge.
1: For sure, man. And not not only is he a wealth of knowledge, but he's very generous with his information. Um, you know, I, I spend a lot of time on not as much the last couple of weeks as before, but on the Clubhouse app and Carbon is on there quite a bit as well. So we're often in the same room uh, talking to each other and talking to the other, talking with each other and to the rest of the people that are in the clubhouse room. And he's literally on there for feels like I don't know he works from home, you know, and he works all hours a night. He services the, the Asian region. So he's on there pretty late and he's on there fielding question after question, providing clarification after clarification to people. But like you said, he tells it like it is because he has the knowledge, the industry insider experience where if someone you know, says something that, you know, you know how people on the hobby are, we like to think we have all the answers to all the problems. And really, we have none of them because we have we are working with incomplete information and he has a lot more of that information. So he, he can round out the context for people and he does it on Clubhouse and in your magazine. And when he's on my show does it a lot all the time. So he's there sharing this experience, which is, you know, on whatever media it is, whatever platform it is, again, the magazine, a live stream or Clubhouse. Yeah, it's great. Okay, great shout outs to Carvin, obviously a pillar of the hobby. And as, as Bless and Break says right here, Carvin should be a mega millionaire for creating Exquisite, the cup, uh, immaculate, et cetera. So yes, I g- agreed with that. Can you can you
0: imagine, Jeremy, if we figured out what the market cap of of, of all of Carvin's creations,
1: would
0: be? <laughs> it's it's like it's in the hundreds of millions of dollars. Now easily, it is. easily. Maybe it might be in the It's. I don't think it's in the
1: billions. Maybe. Maybe it's definitely, it's definitely hundreds of millions, though. It's crazy. Yeah. know, and then not to take anything away from him, but he was part of a team, you know, he led a team. He was yes. the part. But there's, you know, again, not taking anything away from Carvin. But I just know from even the company I work for, you know, I'm just one one year one. We're all one cog in these machines. Yeah. We all play a role. And one of the best things I've ever heard, I, I've had some excellent mentors in my life. And one of them said to me, you know, when I'm going up the elevator to my office, doesn't matter who's in the elevator with me. And this is like a leader of the company, you know, may, say the CEO, he was this guy wasn't CEO, but he was he had he was C-suite. OK. And he says to me. It doesn't matter if it's the if it's the chairman of the board or it's the person that cleans up the boardrooms after meetings i treat them all with with respect and dignity because everyone is there doing their job and is a part of the team i just say that because it's just a good it's just a good energy to put out there yeah so i'll share that um colin says that not everyone is going to trust it the next national will be the big one now that's a great point right not everyone's going to trust it but but at that same time at the same time colin so many people are just going to do it anyway. They're going to go and they're going to be masked off in the in there. Some will be masked on, some will be masked off. They'll have no problem filling up that hall. There's enough people that, that will trust it or will take the leap of faith. For so. sure. But the next one, will it be the big one? It, yeah, I mean, it's going to be big too. I think we got a couple big ones coming. Uh, Jordan says, uh, to both of us, would you expect your experience at the National to be very different than in the past since your hobby popularity has grown significantly since 2019. Beatles mania. I mean, okay. For first, let's let's trade pop. Let's let's swap out the word popularity because we all have we we all not everybody agrees with everything we say and not everybody loves us and all that not everybody likes us and all that stuff. But hobby um, recognition, I think, like we're more recognizable now because our faces are out there. Um, I yeah, yes, I certainly expect my experience of the national to be very different because of this. Yeah, a hundred percent I do, because I know more people through this experience and more and and even more people are familiar with me. And I certainly expect people to come up to me and say hi. I see it on other people. I see it when other other content creators go to card shows in the last few couple months here, and you see people coming up to them saying, Hey, I love your podcast. I, I, I love your content. I get that in private messages all the time. I certainly not like I, I'm not I don't feel I'm entitled to it, but I certainly ex- expect it's going to happen. So I, and I'm and i going to it's going to be very it's going to be enjoyable and fun. I mean, I'm not going to deny that it's going to be it's going to be enjoyable for people to tell me they like what I'm doing. Who doesn't want to hear that? So I certainly do expect that. Jordan, how about you, Adam?
0: Um. Yeah, I. I am, um, I think this is a really thoughtful question by Jordan. Jordan's a really smart guy and I'm glad he's, I'm glad he's here. Um, I, I have had a few instances where, cause I, I think about myself just being like a hobby guy, right? Like just a card collector in, in the hobby. Um, and, and then there will be like these moments that happen. Um, I'll tell you one that was kind of crazy. Jeremy is a couple of years ago. I was, I was working on preparing our audit. I'm a, I'm, um, a controller at our at a a private equity firm in salt lake city and uh and the guy who was the guy who was on the the um audit um he 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 took care of the tax side of the audit he goes hey i've got a funny question to ask you are you are you the 27 guy and i was like what (laughs) he's like yeah like i've listened to your podcast for a long time and like I've read your stuff forever. And I just want to let you know. And he's like telling me about all these things that I've said. And I have thought, and I was like, Oh, this is happening in like real life. This isn't like, this isn't something that's happening just through cardboard. Like it's not just, and so that was cool. I've had, I've had very few of those experiences, but even the last national um, was a little bit staggering because you, you don't think about it. Like you're just a card guy. And then, you're suddenly in a place where there's a lot of people who are looking at you and they recognize you and they know who you are. And, and Jordan's right. Like in the last couple of years between especially Jeremy, especially for you, man, like you've been on this show with so many people and you've been watched by, you know, way more than your 3000 subscribers. You've been watched by tons and tons of people and um, you know, tens of thousands of people. And a lot of them are going to recognize you. And I think it's going to be, it's going to make it hard for you because you can't just go, you can't just go like buy something. You can't just go talk to everybody. I I remember I had a couple of friends at the last national where I could see them dealing with it even more than, you know, way more than me. And it's just, it's different. Um, If you, here's, here's something, if you go and you like walk up to a table and you're like, Hey, I'm interested in that thing. If somebody knows you are an influencer and that you're interested in something, why are they going to want to sell it to you? Because now they have information. And they know that maybe that maybe because you're interested in it, that there's a reason why. And suddenly that, you know, influencer sort of status that you, that, you know, has now negatively affected whether you can buy a card in some, in some places, in some places it actually helps you buy the card cheaper because people are like, I want to sell the card to Jeremy. Like I know Jeremy, this is cool. What if I could buy it? What if I could sell him a card? Um, it's just, it's different. And you'll spend a lot more of your time talking to people but you won't necessarily want to be talking to people the whole time. It, maybe it's a smaller group of people. It's just it's hard and it's it's different.
1: Yeah, it's, uh, I never really thought of that. I mean, <clears throat> maybe I need to wear a disguise. I, I I don't think so. There there are there are content creators that are uh, have a much higher profile than I do out there. Um, and you know, you see you see Sasha T, a very well known content creator. He's out there. He buys a seventy percent, no problem, but bulk wise. So maybe I just got to say, hey, well, I just want the Sasha T deal. I just want the seven. I just want the seventy percent deal, you know. But I don't know. We'll, we'll see how it goes. Um, I, I'm definitely going to want to buy some cards. Look around. Look at showcases and if people tap me on the shoulder and say, "Hey, hey, Jeremy, I'm Bubba. Like your show. Whatever they say, I mean, that's going to be awesome too. I'm going to I'm going to enjoy meeting people. I love I love meeting people. So. I'll be okay with it, I think. I, I hope. I mean, yeah, it, it'll be fine. I'm, I'm not too concerned. I'll take it as it comes, just like I've done everything else that's gotten that, that, that I've been doing through with this show. But um, time, well, I guess we'll see, man. I, I just hope that I hope that I'm able to get there. Because will I, you, I, I really will want you,
0: to. For for our benefit, though. I would love if you would if you would explain what that's like on the show. Um, and you know, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it won't be. Maybe it won't be. You, you, you see some of these people who who have, like you said, much larger followings, and they still are able to go to shows and and do do that sort of thing. It's just to me, it felt it did feel different um, in, in last last show than it did the one before. And I would well, guess that dude, it's weird.
1: When I at the last show, I saw you and I was like I was. know i was like hey that that's a real 27 guy he's got 2,000 followers on instagram he does his top 100 he's he's this he's that i was like i was happy to meet you same with rodman martinez same with josh johnson of cardboard chronicles all these people were people that i mean rodman was a bit different because his profile to me was a little bit it wasn't as out there you know but he was still somebody that I was like super excited to meet where Josh had cardboard chronicles, which I was watching. So I was like, Oh, that's, that's, I know who that I know that I recognize that guy. That's Josh. Oh, maybe I'll go say hello. Maybe I won't that kind of thing, you know? So yeah, I, I guess we'll see. But for me, the last one, it was like, I was excited to meet you because I, because, it's, and, and, and you, at that time, your profile was a lot smaller than it is now, smaller than mine is now. So if that's a sign, I guess, yeah, maybe, I, maybe I'm in for something I'm not expecting. But so, so now, so take that and
0: multiply that by like 10. Like it is, it's a thing. And it's, um, we're, we've probably belabored this topic too much and it's probably my fault. And I apologize, but we're not, we don't need to sit here and say, look at us, we're famous. But like, there is a real, like you will go to the show, Jeremy, and you will have people talking to you every two minutes who know you and recognize you. And even if, even if they're not talking to you they're a lot of them are looking at you as you walk by. It's the same thing for, for, I mean, it to a less, to a lesser extent, right. It's the same thing for somebody like Ken Golden or, you know, somebody like uh, Brent at PWCC or, or, you know, like Brian Gray, you think Brian Gray goes to a show and doesn't have a million people walk up to him.
1: Like, yeah. Yeah. and it's
0: fun though. It's what makes it great, but, it, but you don't get to spend time with, with everybody the way you'd want to or with the cards as much as you want to because the national is already overwhelming enough that you add that element to it and it just, it gets even harder.
1: Yeah. Okay. Let's, let's go through some comments. Carvin says kudos to the team, Adam. It was fun for me too, to do the article. Very awesome. Angie, uh, Angie, welcome back. Says any Montreal Canadians worth to collect like Carrie Price, Nick Suzuki, by the way, Rachel. Thank you, Angie. I mean, Cole Caulfield, Rookie for the Montreal Canadiens, started late in the season. No cards yet, but scored a couple goals, a game winner in overtime. I think you know he's a high high end prospect. Early draft pick. I think Cole Caulfield's a good guy to look at. Carey Price, I don't know. I'm at one time he was he was a blue chip, now not so much. Nick Suzuki, a lot of people collect him. Go for your favorite players. I'll put I'll put it to you that way, Angie. And good luck to the Habs in the playoffs. They are my wife's favorite team. She's from there. Corey Carr asks, do people recognize you in the streets of Calgary, Jeremy? No, they do not. Just if they already know me. Uh, Jordan says, thank you. Adam, will you both be selling autographs for $20 a pop? (laughs) Hey, if you want to pay me, I guess. I mean, maybe. Actually, what I'm going to do, I'm going to show you guys something here very quickly. But go ahead, Adam. Hey, why you say that, I will tell you. And Jordan, you'll laugh. I've had
0: at least 20 people ask me, will you sign basketball card fanatic before you, before you mail it out, which is the funniest thing ever. And I know they're totally joking, but, um, my semi serious response back to that is I would love to, except for, I don't get the magazines before they get mailed out unless it's a late issue, right? It goes from the printer directly to your house. And so that's one of the nice things about it. Right. Like you get it mailed to you just like the old just like the old Beckett magazines like it comes straight to your house you get it got people who are getting the magazine they don't ever open it they just keep it in the plastic and they're treating it like it's a like it's It's a yeah which is crazy to me that they're thinking about it like it's like collectible but um, anyway it is. Well, I love that. That's amazing. That's not something that I ever anticipated. But I think there are there are at least a, I know of at least three or four people at this point who who say, Hey, I will read your digital one, but I'm keeping the printed one. Like, you sure you want to buy it? Yes, I want it. Send it to me. Can I get the old ones too? And I'm like, Sorry, we didn't print some of the old ones, but um, but yeah, the the autograph thing is hilarious because no, there's no charging. <laughs> it's just silly. Anyway.
1: Well, that's why when I when you went to when you said you were doing some printing, I said I want I want one of each of them. Back to the beginning, because to me, they are collectible, but what I was going to show was I had these pins done up a long time ago. I don't know if you guys can see them, but they're little sports cars live pins. So I'll bring it I'll bring a whack of these to the national with me and, um, you know, give them out or something, figure out a way to I paid for them, but I bought I got like 500 of them in my job. we 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 have pins made for our company all the time from our from our vendor. So I just called up our vendor. I said, Hey, will you do me like a favor and just do a small batch of these? And she did them. And uh, again, I, they weren't free, but they weren't like five bucks each. So and they're pretty cool. You know, the back is just a typical. Pin, you know, how many how many of those exist, Jeremy? I think there's 500. There's 500 of them. I don't have one of these. What do I have to do to get a, an SCL, uh pin? Well, every time I, every, anytime I send somebody a card now, like whether it was through, through the virtual or wherever I throw, I throw one of these in the, in the bubble mailer, I just include it. There's this guy started off uh, on Instagram, a, a Gretzky's road trip account. So he sent this Wayne Gretzky card. And he's going to track it. We keep on sending it along. So I, I had it. I mailed it off just like yesterday, actually, to the to Seattle. Somebody in Seattle, and I threw five of them in there. And I said, keep one for yourself and pass the next four along. So just getting a, a few of them out there here and there. So anyway, that what do you have to do? You just you. There has to be a reason for me to send you something versus just a pin. But I'll save you one. Don't worry. I've
0: got to buy a card from you. I think. Yeah. <laughs>
1: I just need to send you some. I'll, I'll hold on. I'll hold. I'll hold on.
0: When are you it. gonna send? When are you gonna sell your Jordan Jambalaya?
1: Never, Jeremy. man. Never.
0: Can Never. Do, you, do you think I could do? Do you think I could do a front of a magazine that's like an oval, like the like Jambalaya? <laughs> a die cut. A die cut issue. I've already thought about it. Thought, is that is that possible? But I think the magazine printers will say no. And I think our designer, Black Griffin Cards, would kill me if I actually. proposed Yeah,
1: that, so that's some constraints uh willie Tease asked me will i be signing at the next expo i don't no one's asking me to sign at the expo uh colin says go in disguise." jared six foot nine yeah I, i'd be people would think i was justin if i went to six foot nine <laughs> i'm tall enough as it is uh hey we got we got sean from victory investments in the house check out his new album hobby hobby remixes oh, on. Instagram. man this guy, can I just say, I don't know. I don't know
0: Victory Investments. He's the funniest guy. I, like, I will get his songs stuck in my head for a day, like a whole day. And they are great. He, I don't know how much time he puts into those things, but like it's worth it. Whatever amount of time he's putting in, I love
1: it. He just posted again. Uh, Adam, how do we find out more about your magazine? Well, Sean, it's on the bottom right now. Just uh, You can just message Adam on at Basketball Card Fanatic. And he will uh, help you subscribe. That goes for everybody. I've been streaming it here. I, I definitely try to help Adam out with the magazine. So uh, if anyone's interested, just reach out to him and he will hook you up with a subscription or a one-time issue, whatever you want. He sells single issues. He sells annual subscriptions. He even sells lifetime subscriptions. How many lifetime subscribers do you have now if you, if you want to divulge?
0: Well, we don't we don't do lifetime subscriptions. Hold on. I'm pulling, pulling up something real quick. That's, that's kind of funny that may, may work. It may not. Um, but uh, we don't sell them for the physical copy. We only sell them for the digital. Um, but the, the digital, uh, I think we've sold, we, we've only sold like three or four of them. It's, it's not very many, but one of them is from the big three hockey who is one of your guys. So yeah. one of them actually came from you. I've had a number of people who reach out and they're like, hey, how much is it for a lifetime subscription? The funny thing about running a business like this is it's hard to know how to price things, right? And and so I came up with this price once upon a time and um, the few people who've who've bought it, it. I don't want to cheapen it for somebody else though. So I wanted to to show, oops, let me show you this real quick. I set up a, oh shoot, I set up a QR code to go to the link to buy it and so it's kind of fun because, you know, you can just, I like QR codes. You can just scan it, you know, like you do at restaurants right now. Um, I thought that would be fun. Oh, here it is. I set this up the other day. So, oops. So if you scan that real quick, huh. oh, shoot, it's not going to work. The quality is no, nowhere near good enough. But if you, if you scan that, you might, you might get taken to the site and actually be able to be able to go get the magazine that probably
1: but the site is paypal.me slash basketball card right that's right and there's a
0: lot of people are like why don't you do a website you should do this you should do that maybe we will at some point but guys it's already so like it's 40 pages it's 36 pages it's long there's like a lot of material and all all of it needs to be designed and edited and like it is so much work putting this thing together i to, to do anything else, like we're just keeping it as basic as we can right now for payments. But at some point, maybe we'll, you know, maybe we'll do something else. But um, Victory Investments, you said his name's Sean, right, Jeremy? Yeah, yeah. Like, thank you for asking that question because, like, I mean, if I told you guys how many hours go into this thing, like it is so time consuming to produce it, to have it designed, to contact people and to walk them through, you know, what we want them to write about. I just, I want everybody in the world to know about it. And, and then if it's your, if, it, if it's your thing, if you want to read a magazine, which by the way, it is really cool getting a monthly mail day and being able to look through it. It's it's high quality. It's not just whatever gets sent to us. We, we publish, it's all very well-written. It's all very interesting. Um, and it, you know, it, it, like I said, it's high enough quality that you would put it on your coffee table and have somebody really smart come over, see the magazine, flip through it and go, Oh wow, this is really cool. Like, it has indices. It has interviews with, you know, industry leaders. It has content created by the, you know, by collectors and it's for collectors. It's not just for investors. It's for people who love cards and want to know more about it. And um, and my favorite part of every magazine is um, the final uh, article in everyone, which is which is why it's art. And if you want to understand why why cards are art or why a specific element of cards are art, listen to black Griffin cards. He has uh, he comes from an art background. You'll know that immediately as you start reading it. It's very smart. And, um, I read every one of them and just shake my head at how awesome it is. So that's my plug. I'm not good at plugging things, but like, Oh, you're not bad at it, man. I mean, you cause you're passionate about it, right? Well, so I, I just look at it, Jeremy and I go 12 bucks to get that every month in the mail. Like it is, it's, it's over a hundred hours, over a hundred man hours goes into every, every issue. like, it's just 12 bucks. Like I'd love for it to be free, but the amount of labor that we're putting into this thing, like got to charge for it guys. And on that note, our sponsors that are, that are our new sponsors. We've got some new ones and, and our existing ones. Like, thank you guys for believing in us. Cause I want it to be big. I want it to be so big. And I want it to like, it, you know, we're going to, we're going to be in, we're, we're in 30 Mac, uh, 30 LCS's this, this, uh, oh, this, wow. Month. Um, right. that, for the most part, that's only, you know, one magazine, but we've got a few, um, you know, both mealy pops, uh, pull wax. Um, oh gosh, there's another one that, that, that bought a bunch too, that I can't think of off the top of my head, but we've and then we've got another one, another one that we've got at least five that like bought a bunch of issues for, for sale in shop. Like, thank you guys for being willing to like, believe in us to bring them in shop. You know, you'll see them sitting there in the shop support the magazine because if you buy them from the shop they'll reorder for us from us and then you know we'd love to be in every shop in in the united states
1: well man it it can only go in one direction you keep putting this passion into it you keep bringing the great interviews the great articles you know you keep it consistent it's only (laughs) going to go in one direction and then eventually hopefully uh if Capacity allows for it, you can expand into other sports as well. So I mean that's what I would put out there. So if only we had somebody who knew hockey and had
0: time to run hockey card fanatic, Jeremy. If only, if only. We had
1: personally. If
0: only. But we're, you know, we're it, it is it's too much right now for us to continue to to do everything that we're doing. Um, you know, so it we've we've got a we've got a ways to go, but we're getting there.
1: Okay, Matt. Well, no, I I love your passion for it. I do love the product. I, I'm a subscriber. I appreciate it. And, um, and, a and a physical version subscriber as well. Okay. Uh, Colin Murray said more about this. People are going to want picks graphs, the whole nine yards. Picks are cool. Like why not? Right. If you, I, I get that graphs a little bit, a little bit weird, <laughs> but, but whatever, I guess, um, Colin got Bobby Burrell autograph on his book. See, that's a book, right? When you're an author, that, the authors are cool, right? Yeah, I, I get every hobby book. I I have Bobby's book autographed as well. Only makes sense to me. That way, Jordan says, there's a Gary V, Cardin, Allen, and Ginter. What would you both say if they approached you to do the same? I'm a hard yes. I mean, of oh, course man. I want a real card and a real pack. Are you of kidding course, me? Of course a, I do. That's a dream come true,
0: man. A dream like, come true. Carvin, Carvin has one. And yeah. I can bet, I bet you anything. Carvin looks at that card and he's, I know he's signed a whole bunch of them. Like I want a Carvin autographed Allen and Ginter card. And I want a Jeremy autographed Allen and Ginter card. Absolutely. Yeah.
1: I would, I would say yes to that in a heartbeat. Of course I would. That would that, like Adam said, dream come true to have your own card, especially when you're not an athlete. So, for, or to be an athlete, that would be, a, be even a better dream to be a professional athlete. and not have a card, but in the absence of being a professional athlete to have a card, in a pack with other app with actual athletes dream come true for sure fellow five says jeremy should sign and number the pins i mean they're pretty look how small it is like compared to my hand they're pretty small i don't know if i could sign this thing or what kind of marker, but i appreciate the idea alf says hey guys i have a gretzky rookie 7.5 in a beckett holder from 15 years ago should i send it to psa when they finally start grading again i don't think you need to a Gretzky rookie and a, BG, a BVG 7.5 is a pretty solid grade. I wouldn't. I don't think I would. Please, Adam, yes. I. This will be the first and last hockey question
0: that I ever opine on because I know nothing about hockey. But I do love – I love old slabs, specifically from Beckett, because you can see the date that they were um, – you can see the date that they were actually graded. This is one of the questions that I asked Nat when I when I interviewed him um, for basketball card fanatic a, a few issues ago. I was like, why don't you guys at PSA like put the dates on the slabs? Like, I want to know the date you were, you know, you graded it. Not, not not physically on the slab, but you should be able to go to the website. I was like, can you tell me why that's not the case? And he said, you know, I agree with you. I wish we did that too. I'm gonna need to look into it and see if that's something we can do in the future. And I was like, that's great. Um, But your BBG75, personally, just just me, like, if I know that another human being hasn't touched that card in 15 years, that means more to me than if it was a grade higher or a half a grade higher or something like that. I love knowing that the world hasn't had a chance to tamper with it in the last 15 years. So no, for me, maybe it's worth more.
1: I don't know about price or whatever, but as a collector, I want that one. And that's the problem is that you risk that grade going from a BBG7.5 down to a psa six i mean who knows uh chances are it's not going to be a psa 7.5 chances are it'll be a seven or lower so there's just risk involved so that, i i'd leave it as is and there's a big market still for BVG graded vintage uh, vintage rookies especially wayne gretzky uh sean of victory investment says adam i was sitting on my riding mower for about an hour and a half on saturday and listening to a podcast you did months ago with Chris from house of Jordan's you talked about the magazine and I was definitely interested. So there you go. Very nice. Mickey Pascarello, Welcome to the show. Alf, you are welcome. Tracy Shamer, Adam, you would look good with glasses. Okay. Uh, Tracy, Tracy, I need you to reach out to me on Instagram and prove to me that you are really someone by the name of Tracy Shamer. I'm starting to disbelieve it. I, I, I don't all that
0: matters is what my wife thinks. I probably need glasses. Um but uh, because I've been looking at a computer screen nonstop for the last 20 years, probably like you have Jeremy, I probably need glasses or contacts, but I haven't been into the old eye doctor for a long time. So And that's you have like
1: good. a 4-week old? Sh- What's that? And you have like a 4-week old along with three other children, so you're t- you're just I mean it's a tired lifestyle, a full-time It's a tired, I mean it's a, a tired lifestyle, but
0: yes, I probably need I probably need glasses. There's my strange answer to Tracy's to Tr- Tracy's uh funny statement there.
1: <laughs> and you're now on Sports Cards Live twice within five days. So I thank you for making yourself available for that as well tonight and on Thursday. Guys, remember this Thursday, nine o'clock Eastern, Adam and I will be going live to cover the Pwcc Premier Auction as it ends, we'll be covering the extended bidding period, looking at what's going on, watching some bids come in, talking about some of the lots, this and that. We'll have we'll have a lot of fun with a a very specific kind of show that night. Joe Perot says, "Just no stickers, guys. Just no stickers." <laughs> right. I'm gonna. I need to get a sheet of of sticker autograph. We need to get sheets of sticker the stickers that are used by athletes. Hey Carv, can you send us some sh- some sticker sheets? Or-
0: <laughs> hey, if Carvin if Carvin can send me some sticker uh, sheets, I'll I'll just slap them all on 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 the the BCFs for now on, and that'll that'll make people printer. really happy.
1: You can send that's what you can do. Send them to your printer, yeah. you can affix them to the car before they ship them out. That makes they would sense. totally do that. And yeah. they would charge me another dollar
0: in an issue. And then I would literally make nothing on each issue. It'd be
1: great. But you can charge 20, 20 more for the autograph versions.
0: No, I can't.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's too funny, man. Too funny. Okay. Well, Hey, we're, we're at the hour 50 mark. This has been a good, this has been a great time. I think we, I think we've had a great show. We, we kind of, kind of a couple topics we might've beat to death a little bit, but that's okay. We're, we're allowed to do that. So, any final comments from the chat guys load them in there right now if you don't mind i'm going to throw up one more time for uh for basketball card fanatic just send a message to at basketball card fanatic on instagram or you can just go to i don't have it on the ticker right now but paypal.me slash basketball card paypal.me slash basketball card and just send adam some money for how much are you how much you subscribing you may as well let them know right now in case anybody wants to do it. Awesome, so uh,
0: there's two different types of subscriptions. If you are somebody who wants it on paper, which most people do now, once they once they see the hard copies, I think they, they like that, which is too bad because we actually don't make as much money on the hard copies. Um, but they're three, uh, three months for $35 or 12 months for $130. Um, if you wanna just do digital, you can do three months for 25 bucks or a year for 90. Um, so grateful for all of the support guys it's um it, it's it's so cool to to have people really interested to get the content um, i will tell you the coolest part for me is to have to have people reach out and to say hey i read one can i get all the old copies or can i how can i subscribe to more or if you if you just try one most people who have tried one have subscribed for the future
1: because it's, it's 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 like i say. i think it's high quality i think you'll like it It is, guys it's high quality check it out if you didn't hear those prices just rewind and listen to them again where to send the money if you want to subscribe i highly recommend it okay so we got uh big unit you're welcome willie t always a fun night keep up thank you willie t jeremy says get on clubhouse that's jeremy stein a great clubhouser get on clubhouse adam thanks for the great show i mean i you're in my adam i sent you an invite a long time ago and you're in my pending invites as as already invited not yet accepted so (laughs) Uh, feel free to accept that if it's if the if the invite is still good. Thank you, Tracy. I appreciate the shirt comment. <laughs> this not the tragically hip. One of the one of the best rock bands ever come out of Canada. Some people don't like them. I was a fan. Probably saw them live 20 times over the years. Okay, guys, that is it. Thank you everybody for tuning in. I'm gonna go on to Clubhouse, see if there's anything going on there. If any, I'm gonna open up a room in the sports cards live club, but it'll be open to everybody. If you're not following the club yet, please do. And um, I don't know, I don't really have anything specific to talk about. So bring some topics, bring some comments, questions, whatever you want. Greatly appreciate it. I am not collecting McDavid clear Tim's cards, uh, Alf. I am not. Uh, otherwise guys, thanks for joining us next Thursday. Me and Adam will, will be covering the PWCC premier auction and then I'll be back next Saturday with back-to-back sports cards live and after hours. So, um, Adam, say goodbye, and everyone else, good night, and thank you for joining. Jeremy, you're the man. Thanks thanks for doing no, this. Eddie, hang tight right there one second. Good night, everybody. Unless we see you on Clubhouse, have a great week ahead.